Hey, Sylvie Dow here. So thank you so much for joining the Secrets from the Saddle All Things Cycling podcast. And before we get into this episode, which you are absolutely going to love, and Steve is going to talk a ton about um, different things with regards to cycling, is that the amazing workshop that I have for you and the promo that's going with it. So it's a so I have my four-hour cycling skills intensive workshop. And the way it flows like this, the first hour we talk all about pedal stroke and I break it down for you. I do a presentation, then I get on my bike and I present there and then I make you get on your bike and so that you can fully understand what I'm talking about. Like pedal stroke is the fundamental foundation for cycling and then we start applying all the skills like the hill climbing, the sprinting, the, um, you know, event um, you know, being more stronger and, and faster. So you have to have, lay your foundation before you can add all those extra skills. And that's what we do the first hour. The next hour is about hill climbing. How do you take the pedal stroke form that you just applied with gear management and climb your hills more efficiently and effectively? Then the third one is strength and power. That's sprinting, more gear management. How do you effectively sprint and manage your gears? so important. It doesn't matter what level you're at because you're going to be accelerating at some point. And then the third one is nutrition presentation. We're going to go over, I send out a questionnaire, I find out what your your struggles are and we talk about that as well. And also there's bonuses. You get a one hour bike maintenance recording so that is basically a clinic and it tells you and shares with you how you change you can change a tire um, repair um, a broken chain adjust your brakes very invaluable if you're riding outside say by yourself or you want to feel more comfortable ride longer the next one is my favorite nine hill drill hill drills that you can take and you can apply after you do this and then I'm going to send you a four month cycling skills gym workout. So very specific to cycling. So you can start applying those um, even off the season or a little bit on the season. But here's the promo for you. Use the word pedal and you go to cyclingskillspro.com for the four hour cycling skills intensive and you get all those bonuses with it. So I look forward to meeting you and sharing with you the skills and trips that I have been working on and coaching tons of my clients for the last 15 years. Thanks. Welcome to Secrets from the Saddle podcast. I'm Sylvie Dao, your host, fellow cyclist, bike club founder, cycling coach, bike race junkie, just truly super passionate about cycling. My journey with cycling started 20 years ago when I opened a spin studio, started a women's race team, and founded a women's only cycling club called Cycle Fit Chicks. I'm super thrilled to reveal all aspects that make the world of cycling operate. I'm so excited to be able to bring you interesting people from around the world, pro cyclists, recreational cyclists, coaches, event organizers, bike shop owners, everything and everyone you need to know or ever wondered about when it comes to cycling. I know you'll enjoy this episode. Hey everyone, welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Secrets in the Saddle with your host Sylvie Daou and my special return guest, Stephen Bentley. Now, you 
before you even get into this one, you have to go back to the very, uh, he's in the top uh, 10 of the first episodes that I previewed. And uh, you have to listen to that episode before you get into this one, or at least add it to your list. So Steve has been here. We've chatted before. And uh, like I said, the one that we did together was two years ago. I'm bringing him back here. And he is an Ironman coach. He's been coaching for, oh, we just said 30 years. So, you know, he has a, an extreme amount of knowledge when it comes to technique and fueling and getting you right on track. And that's why I'm going to be having Steve come in here periodically to do some, some podcast interviews, to kind of break down some different topics. But today we are going to talk about, you know, the trainer and training on the trainer this winter, because we all know like everybody's on the trainer now since COVID um, and this pandemic, everybody's migrated in like it, everybody. I can't even say like everybody has like all the trainers are sold, bikes are sold, like everybody's sitting on trainers. So how do you make the most out of your training experience? Now, welcome Steve. I want you to give yourself a little bit more of a bio because I know Steve, I've known Steve for, I don't know, maybe eight years, 10 years. And uh, we are actually on the same team, uh, athletic team, team Isogenics. And um, so, you know, we just have the same passion for nutrition and fueling and athletic performance. And um, I love having Steve on here because he is so freaking knowledgeable. So welcome, Steve. Thanks, Sylvia. Yeah, always a pleasure to chat with you. you I learn it stuff every time we chat so it's always good whether it's on a call like this or just connecting in general so yeah, very quickly a little bit about me I'm, I'm 53 I think I'm 53 53 or 54 I think I'm 53 I can't oh. remember I, I stopped counting you look but damn started, good right yeah I started coaching back in 1990 mainly Ironman triathletes and since then I've coached people to over 1400 Ironman races and thousands of shorter distance events around the world. I've had athletes win world championships before, qualified dozens of people to Hawaii. I've raced there a couple times myself. Um, I've got a PB for Ironman of nine hours and 21 minutes and four hours and 11 minutes for a half. And I like to run in the past, so I've got a PB for a half marathon of one hour and 11 minutes. So that hurt. Wow. Anyway. That hurt. Yeah. I, I love, to help, <laughs> love to help people go faster and get more out of the training that they're doing. Um, I live in Texas now, so in Houston, Texas, um, it's you, even in the wintertime, it's like 40 degrees at the worst, maybe it'll drop to 30, but usually 50, 60, 70 degrees over the course of the winter, but I would still ride my trainer inside at times because it's so effective for your training. So my wife, Michelle, she trains here all year long, obviously, for triathlons and Ironman and half Ironman distances. She only rides outside once a week. She's so busy at work. She always does her midweek workouts inside on the trainer. And it's so effective for focusing on some specific things. And we're going to talk a little bit about that, mm -hmm. but um, I was going to hand it back to Sylvie to redirect me. <laughs> yeah. So, so, yeah. Well, like I said, Steve knows a ton. And he, what he's going to talk about today has got five, five tips, five tips on how to effectively train on the trainer and 
it really is. And I see it so much now, like even myself, I never used to be a big on trainer kind of person. Like I always took my stuff outside, even in the winter or like I just gave myself a break, but I do find myself getting inside more and being more intentional a because I actually have a goal this year. So that, that actually drives me a bit more. And, um, and well, there's this thing called Swift, right? <laughs> That's not even part of this topic, but we will have a separate talk. I'm going to be talking about that as a coaching uh, segment on my own, but um, everybody's on there and I think there needs to be more, um, you know, just a little bit more explanation as how to really benefit from it over just doing meetups and hammering it out and racing, 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 right? So Steve's here um, as one of, you know, as an expertise on coaching and he's going to give us some tips and we're just going to dive into those. So Steve, take it away. Yeah, no, was, uh, I'm glad actually you mentioned that because I was speaking with a lady yesterday who just hired me to <laughs> get it ready for next season. I don't advertise coaching anymore because I've just done it for so long. People just find me and ask me. And so it's getting started with her. And she says, I need some direction because I was on Swift the other day and I just wanted to go for an easy ride. Next thing I know, I'm kicking everybody's butt. I'm working way harder than I wanted to. I've had so much fun, but I know I need control. I need to get like focused on what I do. So my first tip, and Sylvia actually mentioned the word, is just be intentional. Right, you've got to decide what it is you want to do when you're going in to do a workout. Because you know, I never had Zwift when I was training years ago, it was just hop on the Compu Trainer, dial it into a particular wattage, and ride. Right, to do particular intervals that I had mm -hmm. planned from workout for that day, but I had an intention on what I wanted to do. So you can get lost in that if you're going to jump yeah. onto a trip, and you know, especially if you've got things like Zwift going on, that would be like meeting up with your local cycling group and you don't know who's going to be there that day or how hard they're going to go and you're going to be like hey whatever happens happens hey that's great but if you've got a plan for your season and mm -hmm. you're trying to build from where you are to where you're going to go it's probably not going to work very hard because you just can't do the same hard workout every single yeah. time and it benefit from that so anyways yeah. that's that's number one any, any comments on that one Sylvia? It's kind well of it's you know what it's it's I just laughed when you put that was number one because this morning I'll just give you an example I'm new to Swift and um, I was in there and I'm and I'm like a squirrel like I I can't even decide what to watch on Netflix and so I don't do Netflix so I found myself in the squirrel hole of like uh, what do I want to ride how many kilometers how long the you know like how fast and, and I'm like oh my god I'll just pick this one and I'm like and but 20 minutes in, I'm like, I am so bored. <laughs> and, and then I'm like, I don't know if this is benefiting me. And I, and that was just like from my first experience. And I know I'm, you know, but the thing is that I have goals and I need to be intentional. I can't just be in there hammering it out all the time or, and I did find that I was working harder because I was motivated competitively by the environment that I was in. And I know that's not a good thing. It has to be intentional workouts. So I'm yeah. right there with you, Steve. <laughs> it can be a good thing, depending on the it time. It can be, sure. yeah, but not all the time. So, the time. yeah. So my second tip would be plan out your season. Like, 
No one uh, so it's you know end of December right now. Um, what's that? Oh, Five, Steve, six. can you repeat that? Because you, I don't know. Yeah. Like, okay, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I just say just decide where you are in your season and sketch all that out. Like when, assuming your races are going to happen next year, right? You got to decide. Okay, am I racing in May? Am I racing in June? Am I is my big goal race in September? You know, if it's May, it's like five months away. So what do you need to do between now and then to get ready for the the event? This is where I like using trainer all the time, like throughout the whole year, not just in the winter time, because there's so many great workouts that you can do on the trainer that are harder to do outside. Mm -hmm. Riding outside is important for sure, right? But yeah. the other great thing about riding on the trainer is it's a lot safer. I don't have to worry about getting plunked by a car if I'm hopping on the trainer to get a workout in. Whereas when I'm every time I'm out riding now, I'm always cognizant of that. I've got a mirror on my helmet. I, I don't care how geeky I look. I want to know what's happening behind me and I want to be safe. So mm -hmm. on the trainer though, you want to sketch out what's your season going to be? Like when is your big race coming up? Is it May? Is it July? Is it September, October, whatever? And figure out, okay, I'm going to go hard later, but I may not have to go that hard right now. And if you know that you're just working on technique endurance and working on really good efficient form, and you've got to hop on that trainer for as long as possible to do that, you don't want to get into a, you know, a group ride on Zwift, for example, where you're just going to be busting it and yeah. forgetting about technique. Cause now you've mm -hmm. just wasted another workout. Hey, you're a little fitter, but you don't need to be fitter right now. You need to be more efficient. So, you know, that's a, I would say know where you are in the season, sketch that out, and then go find a workout or do a workout that meets with your particular goal for where you are. I think that's so important for people. I think that's really key too, Steve. And especially I find when I'm putting together programs for my clients is that, you know, no, you know the, the fall is kind of, kind of recovery, you know, taking a, a month off, uh, resting and uh, you know, just rebuilding. And then it's kind of like the time where you say, okay, what's next year going to look like for me? What races do I want to focus on? And because my first race is in May, like the mm -hmm. first week of May. So I've been on my trainer a bit, but I know come, come January, I need to start really being intentional and working towards and making sure I'm peaking at the right time for that a race and it is an a race so i have nothing before it because i'm in you know canada and we don't race year round up here especially at the east end <laughs> um, so yeah and technique that's what we're working on right now technique Perfect. technique skills 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 um is key yeah well that, that's actually my third tip <laughs> mm. Technique is the key to efficiency and it's so much easier to work on technique when you're inside on the trainer. And there's a couple of reasons yeah. for that. Number one, um, you don't have to think about anything else. You can just focus entirely on your form and, and how you're actually moving the pedals through the pedal stroke. Um, I was speaking with a client of mine, Sue, and in the past she had a really hard time getting her heart rate up because she was really only ever using her quads. So no matter how hard mm -hmm. she worked, she's only using one muscle group. She wasn't yeah. incorporating her hip flexors or her hamstrings or her glutes. She's just pumping her quads. So now we've actually got her through doing a lot of work on the trainer to really activate those other muscle groups and her heart rates come way up 
because she's working more muscle, so that's great, but her power output is dramatically higher, which is key, really. We, we're yeah. trying to improve our power output and our speed, and you're gonna do that through efficiency. And so a couple of things, you know, I've used um, things like power cranks before, they're independent pedals, but you can kind of do the same thing with just keeping both feet clicked in. I don't like doing single leg riding because it's not mm -hmm. really, um, doesn't transfer over really well to the outside. You can do a bit of it, but what yeah. I prefer to do is just ride with one leg, keep both legs clipped in, and do all the power with the left leg for as long as I can handle it, and then switch over to the right leg, and then yeah. do that. Just keep doing that. Maybe you only last for half an hour on a workout. Get off your bike, that you're done for that workout. There's no mm -hmm. use doing a half hour of great technique, and then another 40 minutes of poor quality technique that just re reinforces how to ride improperly. So taking advantage of this time you're and technical endurance, those things. So start off with good technique efficiency and then technical endurance once you've got it dialed in, last as long as you can so that you don't have to think about how to do the proper movements in order to last the length of your race. You're gonna be efficient through the whole thing and more, more of your power output is gonna go into speed because speed is the ability to move efficiently. You have a little bit of energy mm -hmm. but you're really efficient. You're gonna go faster than somebody who's putting a lot more energy into something, but they're not efficient. And on the bike, and I'll leave you with this thought and I'll pass it back to Sylvie. On the bike, it's hard to tell whether somebody's really efficient or not. Now, you might look at somebody like Sylvie if you're riding behind her and go, wow, she's a really smooth rider, right? She's not bouncing all over the place. She's really connected to her bike because her technique is so good and she rides mm. like that as well. But it's, you've got to really look for it. A really easy way to see the benefits of being efficient in the, walk is in the water. Walk, look at a, you know, a really good swimmer. They look like they're asleep when they're in the water. They're so relaxed, but they're going so fast. And then you look at somebody who's not efficient and they look like they're like <laughs> blotting a nest of hornets away from their head. They're flailing all over the place and putting tons of energy into what they're doing, but they're not going anywhere. Efficiency is what's generating your speed. So you want to become more efficient. And that's such a great time of year right now is to do that on the trainer. So if you've got nothing better to do and you don't know what to do right now and you're not really interested in sitting on your bike for an hour, then get on there and just work on technique because mm. you're not going to last long. To do things properly, if you're not used to it, it's like five or 10, 15 minutes, you're done. You won't yeah. be able to properly after that. So take advantage of this time of year and work mm -hmm. on technique. That's my third tip. I know. And I love that, Steve, because I have a cycling skills course that is wrapped around cycling technique. And it starts with the pedals and it goes to like climbing and out of the saddle, in the saddle. Uh, sprinting and all sorts of stuff like that and that's one of the things that this program it really really fit and I've been teaching this program coaching this program for like 15 years and every year like it's always been local so I've always and in studio which is another thing but now we've just been forced to take it online so it's even better like I can access more people who actually need this type of help because it is true if you don't have good technique when it comes to getting tired and that's where you need to bring it in like your pedal strokes and um i was actually listening to or reading a listening to a book <laughs> by joe friel and he just published it this, su this summer based on 
like COVID and everybody getting on trainers and you should check it out. I'll, I'll send you the link. Um, but he was saying that the trainer is making more people, um, producing more uh, poor pedal stroke efficiency because, because people are just sitting on trainers and they just don't know about it. And it's also people are working way more and uh, they're less efficient being on the trainer without the proper cycling skills. And he just went right into it. And I was just like, oh my God, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. I do it. But um, it was really, so trainers are, are producing like, producing more like poor pedal stroke efficiency. And you're wasting right. more energy because of all the gaps, the gaps in your pedal stroke, like you were saying your 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 client was just doing the push down right she wasn't mm -hmm. accessing any of the other uh muscle groups and yeah. i was just like yeah people more people need to know about this Here, here here's one final comment on the technique thing i, I mm -hmm. was thinking about this when i'm riding and i want people to think about this is if you don't have good tech efficient technique because people might be thinking well what is that right here's an yeah. easy way if you're pushing down with say your left leg, you don't want the power that you're generating with that left leg to be going into lifting the right leg up. Yes. Because if you're putting that energy into lifting your right leg up, it's now not able to go into the drivetrain of your bike to push mm -hmm. you forward. So why would you let that right leg, for example, come along on a, you know, for a ride basically and not allow do its own work to lift up across to that part yeah. of the pedal. So you want the downstroke energy all going into the pedal and into the crank arm bottom bracket in your chain and driving your gears. Yeah. You don't want any of that energy going into lifting this leg up across the back part of the pedal mm -hmm. stroke. So that's what you want to be thinking. Nice smooth pedal strokes. Sylvie can totally help you. So Sylvie, send me the link of your, your oh, online yeah. skill. I'll send you that. Pedal. And um, but yeah, you're right. Because when you think about and I'll just go before we go on to your number four, number mm. four is, um, is like, it's like a push pull, like right's going down, left is pulling up. And then this one's driving and it's just about breaking them down until I call it the four quadrants of the pedal stroke. And I have a video on that on YouTube, but, um, or check it right here. I'll just put it up with the link there. Um, but uh and i just drive it into my clients in the winter this is what you need to do this i know it's totally boring and dumb maybe you think it's stupid but <laughs> it's not stupid and you'll thank me when you get on that hill and you're struggling and now you're like you know you you can pull yourself you could create a smoother pedal stroke that'll push you like let's say like 20 percent faster up those hills well, that, that reminds me of when i got ready for that um that half marathon i did 111 in which it's like 520 mile or something for 13 miles it was nuts but i trained for that on mm -hmm. the bike it's crazy i trained for that race on the bike because i worked on my pedal efficiency which really helped my running and one of the yeah. tools is a thing Ooh. called power and they're independent pedals so when I'm pushing forward with the left leg, the right leg doesn't oh. move at all. I have to lift it and move. So it's like single leg riding with each leg all the time. I've so seen I could those. ride for five, six hours when I first got the power cranks. After 
10 minutes, I couldn't ride anymore. My hip <laughs> flexors were on fire. And I realized, wow, I didn't have a very efficient pedal stroke. And I got to the point where I could ride these power cranks. It's like single leg riding for five mm -hmm. hours if I wanted to. Wow. But I did that all winter. Only man outside once a, once a month because it was just a miserable cold winter up in Canada. Canada? I live north of yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know, <laughs> Don't forget north. where you came from, Steve. You know, right? <laughs> and I ran outside once a month. And then I, in March, I ran out and did this interval workout. And I went... 20 seconds a mile faster on this interval workout than I'd ever done before. And I only ran once a month. Proper cycling will help your running. Oh my God, totally. Totally. I said, I'm like, if you're a runner, like cycling will help your running exponentially. Um, but running will not help your cycling whatsoever. <laughs> Let's just be clear with that. There's no crossover there. It's the other way around. <laughs> so you can, you can train on your bike and like be a good runner and that's why like when i go trail running i never run but i can keep up a good pace because i do a lot of riding and i'm so <laughs> grateful for that <laughs> no doubt. all right let's go on to number four because we could talk about number technique four. forever i know right so number four is embrace the monotony it's mm. boring riding on the trainer and you want it to be boring that's what Seriously. I say. <laughs> Just because it's, it's, like, it's like when your kids say, I'm bored. Great. There's an opportunity for you to do something and learn something and create something and do something different. Right? If you're just going out and doing the exact same workout all the time with people and there's always somebody to chat with and you're always somebody to ride around with, you're not learning an awful lot about what it mm -hmm. means to be a great endurance athlete. Being an endurance athlete is boring at times, and you need to get used to that. And the number of times I've seen people that the only wrong, long rides they do is with a big group, then they get into an Ironman, and they can't maintain the mental focus that they need to ride properly for that whole ride. Mm. It's 180 kilometers or 112 miles, and they're not used to riding alone ever. And then they get out in this big race, and they're, now they have to focus and be with their own thoughts and stay on top of their technique. And it's work to do that. So practice that by getting on the trainer. Like I, the longest trainer ride, and I'm gonna do an Ironman in five hours. I don't need to be on my bike for longer than that. But I did a six and a half hour trainer ride one day in October. It was great weather to go outside. I was just getting ready for Ironman one year. And I thought, you know, I'm gonna get ready and do this trainer ride inside. And it just, I got off my bike a couple times to pee. Because I thought, you know, peeing on the bike in my living room is probably not a good idea. So that's the only thing. Well, I let's did. talk about that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so get, get used to being bored on the bike. Mm. And what are you going to think about? How are you going to, you know, entertain yourself through the ride? For me, it's always about thinking about technique. What is my technique doing? Am I fueling effectively? Mm -hmm. Am I bringing in the right fuel? And we'll talk about that for number five. But yeah. those are so key to practice when you're on the trainer. And so many times people just don't, they're just like hate the trainer because it's boring, but they don't see that as an opportunity to improve that part of being an athlete. And I think they're missing out on a big part of it. I think that's key because, um, you know, I sit, I get the most focus when I'm not like, like Swift was kind of interesting and it, it really motivated me like, cause at the competitive side, but I was like, I'm totally bored, but 
but then I love sitting on my rollers and I can do it for an hour and a half and just sort of either listen to something or like really you do have to be totally focused or else you're going to fly off them. And, <laughs> but I love it because then you do think about everything like, you know, your positioning your pedal stroke and if you know, like, and, um, yeah, and I think that's key, like, especially if people who go out and they need to listen to music, I'm like, I couldn't even bother. Like half the time I'm like, yeah, I'll listen to some music, but I never go out with any, but any music. And I just, I think about all sorts and, and I focus on my, my technique and I think, yeah, bang on. Not a lot of people like to be by themselves. <laughs> No, right. <laughs> no doubt. Okay, number five. All right, number five. five. Okay. Because it, the trainer is pretty consistent for the most part, the temperature is going to be pretty much the same. There's no wind mm. to have to deal with. There's, you're pulling away a lot of variables that make it difficult to practice certain things, right? Techniques you yeah. can work on. Side, but take advantage of the fact that things are pretty much the same all the time and start working on those variables that a lot of times people have trouble with and it holds them back from getting the most out of their workout and the two big ones are your fueling to get you ready mm -hmm. for the workout and your recovery after the workout because training is just potential for performance i think i mentioned that on the other call that we did your well, let me just write that. What did you say? Training is I training is just potential for performance improvement. Your performance improvement is going to come from your recovery from the training. So the training breaks your body down. How you recover from that is what's going to dictate what you get out of it. So here's a simple question I ask people, and it's kind of getting a little off topic, but it's kind of relevant. Is mm -hmm. you know, what percentage of benefit do you want to get from that workout that you're doing? You oh, that's a tough question. Right? Uh, you want 100%, right? You want 100%. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> if you don't fuel your body properly for the workout, you're not going to be mm -hmm. able to work as hard. Let's say it's a yeah. hard workout you're going to do. You're not going to get the most out of that time on the saddle because you're not able to work as hard because you're restricting the energy output. It's like dialing down the governor on an engine and you're trying to go faster but you're giving it less fuel you're just not going to be able to go as well right and mm -hmm. your performance improvement is going to come from how well you break your body down so better fueling is going to allow you to work more effectively yeah. but the performance benefit that you get actually comes from the recovery and so many times people and there's nothing wrong with this if this is why you're an athlete is so that you can drink beer and eat oreo cookies awesome right but don't expect to be that most elite level athlete that you can possibly be if you're going to treat your body like a garbage dump before and after. So yeah. because the trainer is so consistent, a lot of times people don't think about working on fueling and recovery over the winter or when they're on the trainer, but they're missing again out on a huge opportunity because they're taking away a lot of different variables that are going to mess them up in terms of did that fueling strategy really not work because it wasn't good or if it was, was it just too humid and hot that day mm -hmm. and I didn't, I didn't hit my mark properly. So yeah, it's not going to teach you about how to, you know, fuel effectively for a really super hot, windy environment, but let's just start with basics. What's it yeah. like consistently in your living room? The same thing, what works, right? And then what refueling or recovery strategy works, right? Sylvia and I use Isogenics because it's the best thing we found 
Mm -hmm. I've been using it for 14 years now. Love it. It's, I can't find it. Yeah, and I've better. been using it for eight. Love it's it. Awesome, right? But yeah. you get that into your body and you'll see your recovery improve. And again, going back to that question, what percentage of benefit do you want from your training? 100%, 75% or 50%? I want 100. Right? If I'm going to sit on a, a bike for a few hours, I want the most benefit that I can get out of that workout. So I'm going to make sure I'm refueling properly right after the workout. But what is that for you? Right? And whatever it is you're doing now, that's great. What level of performance have you reached because of that? And then try something else over the course of the next couple of months while you're grinding away on that trainer. Okay, what shake am I going to have afterwards that I didn't have before? How is that going to impact my system? So connect with Sylvie because she can mm -hmm. absolutely coach you on that and give you some ideas. on. Different I really things. love that question. What's the percentage benefit? Do you, okay, maybe you said it better. Yeah, what, what percentage of benefit do you want to get from the training you're do doing? Do you want to get from your workout or from yeah. the training? Right. And I just asked the question, do you want 100% benefit, 75, 50? And they go, well, I want 100%. I go, great. Well, how are you refueling after? Well, I eat healthy. Well, what's healthy to you? Well, I don't. <laughs> so then they tell me about all the things they're not eating. So I go, oh, so you're just not eating crap. Like everybody thinks they eat healthy because they don't eat crap, but they're really just eating neutral because there's crap, dyes, GMOs, trans fats, chemicals, preservatives, junk like that. Yeah. Then there's, there's neutral, which is I eat good nutritious, I think food, but I avoid all the crap. But when they really look into the food that they're eating, there's really no nutrition in there. Healthy is actually supplemented food. It's, food with whole food supplements that's given that writing notes guys concentrated nutrition of minerals phytonutrients good quality fiber available protein um adaptogenic herbs to help your body recover from the stress that you're going through all those things that food today is missing and i'm old enough i know i'm 50 something 53 i was born in 66 so i'm 54 i'm 54 now I was 53 last year. I'm going to be Are 50 you sure? Are you okay, My Steve? My life is going to be that I'm going to be 55 next year. That's right. So I'm 54. So I don't know if you're, you're as old as me. You'll remember back in the mid-1990s, food switched over a lot. And that's when GMOs, yeah. glyphosate use, Roundup, and all that stuff. And it just destroyed all the microorganisms and microorganisms in the soil. So plants, ever since then, that have been growing are so much more nutritionally deficient because all the microorganisms in the soil that are used to pull those minerals up, and put them in the plant are dead. So the plants aren't nutritious anymore. Yeah. You have to work really hard to get that extra nutrition in. And then the food that you have access to is got so much chemicals in it. Like mm -hmm. I remember in university, I graduated in university in 1990 and I remember being in school and if I had a loaf of bread, and this is important to me because I was paying for my food now, I'm in school, <laughs> not at home. I remember this. I could put a loaf of bread or bagels on the counter, and in three days, they would be moldy. Mm -hmm. Yes. Right? You put that doesn't happen anymore. <laughs> put a loaf of bread or bagels on your counter, in three weeks, they look exactly the same as they did when you bought them. <laughs> that's not right. That's not right. <laughs> you're, that's, you're damn straight. That's not right. <laughs> You've got to get the junk out of your system. You've got to get the nutrition in. So anyways, back on track, practice your fueling 
and practice your recovery over the course of the winter because it's a, you're doing a consistent mm -hmm. thing. Your intensity might change. That's fine. But practice the things that you're doing that are going to support your performance improvement because just training is working on one piece of the pie, right? Mm -hmm. Preparing for the workout is another piece and then recovering afterward is the biggest piece in my opinion. Yeah. You can train, like you can follow what Sylvie has you do. And if you're not fueling effectively, this is when overtraining kicks in. So when I get athletes yeah. that feel like they're not mm. recovering properly from workouts, my first question isn't, are you doing too much on the training plan? Because I'm assuming their yeah. programs are hard enough as it is. Most people that I coach don't do extra hard stuff. Mm -hmm. So the thing that they're usually missing out on is their recovery is not where it needs to be. And so the key components there are proper sleep, rest, right? De-stressing, um, good hydration, and nutrition is the biggest one. And if yeah. you're improving your nutrition, you're going to give your body more of those building blocks that it needs to recover from the training. You're going to get more workouts in. You're going to get be able to do harder workouts more often without worrying about overtraining. And a perfect example would be my wife, Michelle. She used to train 25 to 30 hours a week when she was training for half Ironmans and Ironmans before I met her, I got her started on isogenics, better nutrition coming into her body, tweaked her training and efficiency. And now she works out about 12 hours a week and she's 25% faster. So less than half as much training. Wow. And faster. And she's just busy. She's a fire chief at East city of Houston fire department. She doesn't have time to waste sitting on the bike for mm -hmm. forever. She needs to get maximum benefit from her training. And that comes from better nutrition. So. That's amazing. Wow. To hear that quality over quantity and a good part of it is nutrition, guys. And that's something that I find people really don't think about. They're just like, they're on their trainers, they're training. And I'm like, you know, so what are you doing afterwards? What did you do before? What did you eat? Are, you know, because I find that maybe it's just because they're sitting on the trainers that they don't um, respect it as much as like, say, an outdoor ride, you know, mm. um, because, you know, maybe you're just sitting on the trainer for 45 minutes to an hour and a half and then outside you're out there for you know, three hours with a coffee shop stop and, and all this. But, you know, um, I just find like, I always keep track of people that I ride with. I'm like, okay, 45 minutes in, it's time to start eating something. Don't forget to, to, you know, to, to drink and things like that. And, and don't, and I kind of figured out myself, like, don't expect the coffee shop stop to be like part of your nutrition, you know, like those donuts and muffins, are like, like, they're not, they, they're just like a snack or not even a snack. They're a taster. And, yeah. and I'm like, I don't get anything out of these things. Here, here's, my own here's realization. Here's, you can ask yourself if you're watching this video or you know, mm -hmm. this, this podcast, ask yourself this. Yeah. What, what's the value of me improving my performance? Cause you're not going to change the way you eat because you want to change the way you eat. There's certain things that I love to eat and I don't want to give them up, right? right? But if the value that I'm going to get or the benefit that I want is worth enough to me, I'll make changes. It doesn't matter what it is. Mm -hmm. But you have to, a lot of times people think, 
oh, I don't want to do that because. I don't want to change the way I'm eating because I'm just comfortable with what I'm doing. I don't want to spend any extra money on shakes. I'd rather make, you're probably spending more money making a shake with all your different fruits and vegetables and protein powders on your own than it would be if you just bought it from a company who has a much bigger buying power. That's why I use Isogenics and why Sylvie does. It saves me so much money and time. Oh, yeah. But whatever, even if you don't do that, do something different that's better, but ask yourself this question first. What's the value of the benefit that I'm going to get if I get more out of my training that I have time for? Most of the people that I know don't have time to waste on excess yeah. training. They're they're trying hard just to get the training in that they can. And so if you've got limited time, like most people do, you want to get a better benefit from the time that you're spending training. That's going to come from better recovery. So what's that worth to you? And then once you have a value in your mind, and the answer might be priceless, but put a number on it. Is it $10,000? Is it $1,000? Because people drop 10 grand on a bike. Oh, yeah. Regularly, right? So it's not like you have to do this on the cheap. There's people out there. Okay, here's the thing I've always thought about. No matter how little something costs, there's always somebody that thinks it's too expensive. And no matter how expensive something is, there's always somebody that thinks it's worth, worth that. Mm-hmm. Right? So for you, what's it worth yeah. to you? What is better performance and health and better time efficiency and getting more out of your, what's that worth to you? And yeah. then once you have a value associated with that, and then you can start to look at, okay, what do I have to give up to get that? And what do I have to do that I don't want to do to get that? And is it worth it? If you can come up with an answer before you start looking at the gets and give ups, right? Then when you come to the point where, you know, you're talking to Sylvie and she's saying, this is what you need to do to get the result you're looking for. You'll go, okay, the benefit is worth that. Mm-hmm. The sacrifice is going to cost me this. That's totally worth it. Let's do it. But yeah. so many times people don't look at the value of the benefit. They just look at the cost and they go, oh, I don't want to spend the money on that. Or I don't want to do this, right? It's like sitting on the trainer. There's so many benefits to sitting on the trainer. Is there a cost? Yeah, it's boring as heck, right? And it's hard. But you the probably benefit- just drop like a grand to two grands on a trainer for the first time, plus everything that goes along with it. I had this conversation with one of my clients and I said, and she was like, you know, I was talking about, you know, the nutrition and she, she had a goal of losing some weight. And I said, well, I said, you just spent X number of dollars on this trainer. And then you're telling me that you want to do that. You have this goal for this trainer and for next year, but you're telling me that you don't, you, you don't have enough money to eat properly to get to this goal. I said, I don't think this really makes sense <laughs> to me. You know what I mean? Like, how do you expect to get to this goal if you're not going to complete the equation with, you're you know, missing the a right, you're, you're missing a piece of the puzzle, you know? Yeah. And, um, and she just sort of looked at me and she's like, yeah, I guess you're right. I'm like, I think so. <laughs> you know, I'm just because it's okay. true. <laughs> I can chat about that forever. Those are my five tips, right? So just to recap, be intentional about your workout so you know yeah. what you want to do before you get in. Um, and related to that is where are you in your season? What is it that you want to do to get from where you are to where you want to be? And then follow that plan, right? Every once in a while, you jump on a trainer workout and you want to bust it out with the group. Hey, that's fine. But in general, be on track, right? 
And then um, another one is work on technique. Take advantage of that because this is such a great, important part of your training. And then, what's the fourth one? Um, embrace the monotony. Embrace the monotony. Yeah, just don't worry about being bored. That's not a bad thing, right? Take advantage <laughs> of that. And also- Put the head down and train. Yeah, working on your nutrition and your recovery, right? Fueling in your recovery, nutrition. Yeah. Those are different things. Because nutrition to me is just the, the things that happen all outside your training. Fueling mm -hmm. is what you do right before and during it. So work on your fueling, which is before and during your training, and then work on your recovery nutrition right afterwards. And really like for the that. rest of the body's always recovering. So if you're eating great right after the workout, but then you eat crap for the other 20 hours, right? That's not going to help your body get out of the training. So you have to be perfect all the time. You got to have fun. That's why we work out, right? So we can do yeah. eat and drink things that, you know, you wouldn't be able to if you weren't doing any exercise, but in general, you want to be on point. So. Well, this is, I think you said this in an, another call that I've been on with you and you say, you know, like you can eat the things that you enjoy eating, but, you know, supplement where you need you know, it's like you said, you don't have to stop eating the things that you enjoy. Like make sure that they're healthy, right? Or in the middle category, they're healthy, but not crap. <laughs> I like that categories. I like that. <laughs> At the middle category, healthy, but it's not crap food, <laughs> right? And then you supplement, which is the other ones that's supplemental with the higher nutrition, nutritional foods. I like these. Okay, you guys got to go back and, and write those down. Three categories of food. The food, the food spectrum. The food spectrum. <laughs> so it's like health supplemental supplements and nutrition. Then like the I'm healthy, meaning I don't eat crap food. And then there's the crap food. Yeah, there you go. I like that. I like to break that down. <laughs> well... <laughs> Here's another way of thinking about that too. If okay. you're generally eating really nutritious food, most of the mm -hmm. time, right? You're supplementing with good nutrients. You can eat nutritionally deficient food and it's not pulling you out of that great state of health and performance that you're in. You can even dip into the crap food section Once in a while. Yeah. If you want to, and it's not going to pull you out of being in that really good state. But if you're eating boring, nutritionally deficient food in the middle or worse, the crap food, you could add a little bit of nutrition in to your diet. It's not pulling you out. It's not going to pull you out of that, that mid range or certainly that crappy state, right? You want to yeah. get to that point where you're eating good nutritious food and supplementing most of the time so that when you take some of these other foods that aren't as nutritious, it doesn't pull you out of where you're stuck. Right. Mm -hmm. But if you're stuck in the middle, cause you're eating mainly food, that's just, it's healthy, but it's really just not crap. You could eat, good healthy food every once in a while you're still stuck in this middle zone yeah. of lackluster performance and okay health i want optimal health and vitality Ooh, right? i like that my body dialed in and plugged into functioning effectively this is where sylvia is great we've had a lot of chats with this about this over the years fasting is an important part of the equation for getting rid of old cellular material nothing to mm. do with cleansing your body Fancy. per se but getting your body turning over old cells. This is a great time of year to work on that because it improves yes. your fat, yeah. fat burning and utilization. And it's also going to increase your percentage of better functioning, more vital and fresher and healthier and younger cells. Your body's turning cells over all the time. Yeah. 
fasting, and Sylvie can help you with this, is forcing your body to do that reset. It's forcing your body to turn over cells so that the, when you start eating again, your stem cells kick in and they start to produce those healthier, fresher, younger cells that you want in your body. And as an athlete, the more you do that, the higher percentage of fresher functioning cells that you've got in your body, the less old, tired cells you've got, you're going to work about. That's why Sylvie looks the way she does. And she's almost, I don't know, if, does everybody know how old you are? Almost? Yeah, I don't care. I'm almost 50. I keep telling you, I'm almost 50. 50. Years old. <laughs> so, well, but the thing she's is that, athlete. thank you. And, and I have worked really, really hard to be looking like this. Like some people say, oh, you were born like that. I go, uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I work every day and it doesn't take very much for me to put a little pounds on my butt. Let me tell you, I'm like that pear sheep. If I were to let myself go, let myself go. That's what I look like. But I work every day for the last 25 years, you know, when I made that decision and, and I will continue. And I've worked really hard to make sure that my 50s because I know it's another decade of hard changes for women that Fair I'm enough. in a good place. <laughs> I'm at a good You're place. Starting it off pretty well. Yes, I'm starting it off right. <laughs> so <laughs> well, those are our, those are my tips. Um, I know we're going to be chatting again. We can oh yes, we're we'll definitely going to have to bring Steve back for more um, like um, intermittent fasting and, and things and more nutrition, more stuff on the nutrition side and. Um, Anyways, we'll have Steve back nonetheless because he's got so much really, really good knowledge on this, on these subjects. So with that, thank you everybody for joining in. Please remember to subscribe, like, comment, and share, and place a review. That would mean so much to us because it just boosts the podcast up to the top. And um, anyways, I work I'm like working really hard to bring some really good um, interviews to you. And if you want to see specific things, please put in the comments and I'll do my best to find somebody to accommodate. Or maybe you even know somebody who would be great on our, um, on the Secrets from the Saddle Cycling podcast. So with that, have an amazing day. Thank you very much. And don't forget to ride your bike. Thank you so much for spending this time with me on the Secrets from the Saddle podcast, learning more about sighting people, places, and things that make cycling such an exciting sport. I am so glad you stopped by today. Please leave me a review if you feel so moved to do so. I would love to hear your feedback. And if you could take one second to share this episode with someone you think would enjoy it, I would be forever grateful. Also, if you could please leave me a review, if you feel so moved, by going to iTunes and leaving me an honest thought and an honest comment, telling me what you think, and most importantly, tell me what you'd like to hear more of. It would really help me to bring more great, inspiring cycling stories to you. Until then, have an amazing day. Make sure you ride your bike. And don't forget to visit my YouTube channel if you'd like to see the full version of this podcast live.